Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Terry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're continuing our series on how do I do that? And we're going to look specifically at becoming a good steward. Before we get into the content today, I wanted to take a minute to reflect a little bit about the podcast as a whole. You know, I started this about a year ago. I wasn't sure how it was going to go because you're sitting in this room by yourself and just talking into a big microphone. I was concerned that I wouldn't have a sense of real people on the other side of it? Would it be too cold? Would it be preachy? Would you not receive it well? How would I do this on a regular basis? It's a lot of content to produce. All these things I was concerned about. And how do you do all the technology? All of those things. And I want you to know, this is one of my favorite parts of ministry. I have so enjoyed it. Somehow there is a sense that you are there. Some of you I know, and that is such a privilege. You write me, you tell me. Some of you text me and message me. I just love that. So if we have a personal connection, please let me know because it does me so much good to know who you are if you're listening. But many of you, I don't have the privilege yet. And you're out there and I want you to know, I have a sense that you're there too. Somehow God has given me that ability to just reach out to what I can't see. What I want you to know is I never get the sense that it's <laughs> preaching at anybody. You know, especially this series, it's not a let me tell you how you should do it because I've come so far. This is definitely a walk-along series, if anything. As we dive into the content today, please know I am so privileged to do this with you. It is my joy. Thank you for being here and for listening to what God has for you to be encouraged. We're going to process through this just by walking along together. It is especially the topic today is such a good reminder. I can't think of a woman who doesn't have to work through this topic and we're just going to walk through it. So let's get started with the content for today. I was wondering how many people listening have ever had a job they wanted to quit or maybe you're in a job you want to quit. The research is sort of devastating. About half the population wants to quit their job and get a different one. The other part of the research says that people who do quit their job don't quit the job per se but quit the boss. They quit bosses, they don't quit jobs. I thought that was really interesting when you think about being a steward of the position that you hold because your motivation to serve and be devoted to whatever you're involved in is the underlying factor in what we're doing. I wanted to go first to Psalm 107. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it is fairly long, but I want to give you a taste of it. It starts like this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. And then it goes through a series of different scenarios of how people have been redeemed and what kind of situations they were in. For instance, this is verse 4. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. 
hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them in their distress. He led them by a straight path till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. And then He goes on for another few minutes. Then it skips down to another scenario. In verse 17, Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquity suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from all their distress. So it goes through all these different situations until the end where it says, Let us consider the great love of the Lord. This psalm is helping us recognize our need for a Savior and what our response should be. We all have a history. At some point, we recognize our own need for Him. He reaches toward us to that place where you are. Places of spiritual, emotional, maybe even physical aloneness. Maybe you realized you didn't want to go to hell and that's why you turned to Him. Maybe you were in a place of desperation like some of these situations in this psalm. Maybe you were in danger or a place where you had really blown it again and what you continued to do you realized was never going to work. Or maybe your whole life was characterized by sin and something in you just knew you needed to get off this merry-go-round or it was going to kill you literally he actively pursues and he found you what i want you to know is that if you don't yet have a history you can begin one today what the bible is telling us in all the different ways jesus reaches down towards us in all kinds of different situations there's not a situation that jesus can't reach you in just the way we need him the common denominator is that we all need him we need to be rescued from sin it will destroy us sooner or later. He reaches down. Colossians 1 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. He alone has the power to save. He is still in the business of rescuing today. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. That is what happens when you accept Christ as your Savior. And from that point on, the Lord Jesus spends the rest of your life refining you into His likeness through a process across our life. The Lord loves you. When we begin to understand this, this reality, we begin to change our thinking and understand, you know what? It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Him. When you and I begin to understand this and have this framework working within us, it's kind of like having a good boss. (laughs) It's kind of like being employed by an institution you enjoy coming to work for every day. It's not a drudgery to have Jesus is Lord of your life. It is a pleasure to serve. It is a blessing to be a part of the body of Christ. And you want more than anything to be a good steward. Now, how is it that we become a good steward? Let's say we do have this desire. We do have this framework. Oh, we're working towards it. And we say, yes, yes, that is what I want. I don't know how to get it. I don't know how to be a good steward. But that is what I want, Cherry. That's exactly where I want to be. Let's go to a story 
and Matthew so that we can maybe get an idea of how to put this into practice. Let's look at Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. I'm just going to read a few of the verses. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But the master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I had not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. When you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The first thing we have to come to understand about becoming a good student is to accept his sovereignty. God has distributed in this example talents money in this particular example to each one of us he knows us he knows our abilities he knows our strengths maybe the greatest temptation i think for us as women is to look longingly at the girl who has the five talents and wish we were her i think that is a great temptation that is gnawing at us often this is where the ugly comes out. We are upset we weren't chosen to have the five talents. We think we can do everything she can do. Everyone knows we can. Then we crucify the poor girl that was entrusted with it. Nothing joyful comes from it. It's very ugly. Let's say you and I are two talent chicks. We get stuck being upset we weren't chosen to be the five talent chicks. This turns into feelings of inadequacy. Like we're not as good as them and that God doesn't love us as much. We tend to view what he's given us as so insignificant, so ordinary in comparison, it's not worth developing. I mean, we don't have five talents. We just have two. We don't exercise it. I mean, what does it matter? And we fail to be faithful with the few things entrusted to us. We grumble. We complain. We compare. We sulk. The focus is now squarely on us, and it's not on him. When we do this, and we do this, we are making much of ourselves. And it's not love for Jesus. It is not anything for Jesus. Do you trust him to know you? Do I trust him to know me? Do you trust him to give you as much as he believes you will be faithful to oversee in this season of life? 
we must remember He is for our success, not for our defeat. Making much of Jesus in our daily lives looks a lot like accepting the talent or talents, be it great or small, He has given us and not worrying about or comparing what's been entrusted to us with what He's entrusted to our neighbor. There is great variety among us. There are differing needs that can only be met with certain personalities in particular walks of life. They are given according to our abilities, according to our availabilities, according to our temperaments, according to our place in His plan. He very much needs you in exactly your situation, with your personality, with your abilities, your history, your testimony, to influence those within the boundaries He set around you. His sovereignty is purposeful. It is not haphazard. It is not accidental. It is perfectly fitted into His plan. The second thing I think we have to do is take possession of every crevice, no matter how small. You know, I worked myself to death to finish my education. I was teaching, I was doing research, presenting at conferences, but a time came and we knew God was moving me to do something else. I wasn't super excited about the move. I spent the next several years homeschooling my children. Then we adopted six kids in about six years. You want to talk about dying to self, dying to your ambitions, dying to your dreams, and my own definition of success. The transition was difficult, to say the least. The temptation is to neglect our one or two talents, ladies. I mean, how important can it be? It's not prestigious. No one is envious of some of our responsibilities. We would rather just keep them on the down low. So, we don't offer our best in the small things. We just don't. And we forget how much of what God calls us to is made up of small stuff that somehow adds up in God's economy. It may not seem significant in and of itself, but taken together demonstrates our faithfulness to joyfully operate within the spheres of influence He places us within. We must make a choice. Regardless of how we view what success looks like, regardless of how others view success in our lives, God graciously and trust us with exactly the responsibility he has ordained for this season. It's probably not glamorous. <laughs> it's likely not going to be appreciated. It may not look like God loves you as much as the five talent chick who's doing the very thing you want to do. But it's our opportunity to shine. And if we don't, we're wasting our lives. It's not sinful to hold a God-honoring dream close to our hearts. It's not wrong to long for more responsibility, to make much of Jesus. He puts those longings inside us. But it is wrong to neglect what's been entrusted to us because we don't want to do that job. or because it doesn't reflect well on us, or because there are a hundred other things you would rather do. This is just a suggestion, and this is what I have to think to myself. What would I do if I were doing some kind of important job? How would I get ready in the morning if I had a boss looking over my shoulder who had the power to fire me or to reward me based on my performance? Would I operate differently within my day? Would I use my time differently? Would I hold my stance differently? What would I do? 
a couple of years ago, we needed to resurface the pool. A pool is not something we like to spend money on. It. In fact, the house we bought next, we didn't even look for a pool. I just have had all the fun I'm going to have with a pool. But at this last house, we had to resurface it. When we first moved in and acquired the pool, I went online to find the best thing we can do to extend the life of the old pool that we have. I spent about five weeks on my hands and knees painting, the coping, the decking, and everything to buy me five more years, which it did. But finally, after seeing me buy chemicals for about a year because I couldn't keep the algae out, the nice guy at the pool store, who can now call me by name, I've been in there so many times, said, Cheers. I think your problem is the surface. If the pool is more than 10 years old, you know you need to resurface it. I said, I don't want to spend the money. And he said, I hate to tell you, but you're just pouring money down the drain right now. So you might as well put the money to good use. So because we never wanted to do it again, and I'm so thankful we did this because our house sold in like 24 hours. Uh, It worked. (laughs) We decided to put in something called Pebble Technology. And I would do it again if we had another pool. We picked sort of a blue color we wanted the pool to be. You pick it off a brochure. They smear some kind of concrete looking material around. It was not blue when it dried. And there wasn't any water in it. We first assumed they had made a mistake. So they put the hose in and then they left. It was just brown. Just completely brown. So we ran over, sort of stopped the hose and we were about to call him until we bent down and sort of looked very closely and there was ever so much of a blue tint shining through. Sure enough, empty, the surface will look like a sandy beach, but filled, it's a beautiful lagoon blue. It's not a chemical or a paint, but the combination of the tiny rocks that make up the surface that determine what color the water is going to be when it's completely full. It's the little individual pebbles that determine the outcome. It's the same way in my life and your life. Our lives are consumed with little seemingly insignificant responsibilities. But when faithfully conducted, joyfully executed, God designs beauty. We cannot take in looking at the individual pebbles. What we don't see from the good and faithful servants is a request for more talents during that long time before the return of the master. We don't hear them complaining that their responsibility was not increased. They simply operated within the boundaries laid out for them. And the God of the universe commends the one with only two talents with the exact same reward given to the one with the large followings and the powerful impacts because his glory is made known through both until you and i can live faithfully and fully within the boundaries he's already assigned we should think carefully how we live and pray lord help me to live to bring you glory within the boundaries you have made known to me before i ask for any expansions help me to be faithful with the unseen with the mundane and the ordinary responsibilities you have entrusted to me. This is the attitude and these are the actions that were commended by the king. If we will do these things, we will learn to be good stewards. That, ladies, is how we begin to do that. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next time. Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber. 
And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing our resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.